I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Joy Marie. And Courtney. Welcome back. We're back with a new episode of Job Blogs, your candid career conversations with your group chat girlfriends. That's right. And coming up, we have a great episode for you with Samantha Josephette, an architect and the founder of Studio 397 Architecture. So she's going to give us an inside look at making it in the world of architecture and how to bring the power of focus and minimalism to our lives. Yeah, it's definitely a great conversation. But first, you guys know we like to start every episode with a clock in. Mm-hmm. This is a segment of the show where we check in on each other. We catch up on what's going on in the world, politics, business, more, and encourage you to do the same with your group chat girlfriends. Courtney, how are you? What's going on? I'm doing good. There's a lot happening. Mm-hmm. Um, I always say, like, I view life in, like, peaks and valleys. Yeah. And I do definitely feel like I'm in a valley situation situation. There's just Mm. lots of challenges happening. And it's interesting because I think this year has kind of been my peak year, like 2018, like while the world was burning, I was just like, (laughs) everything is fabulous. Um, And I was wondering where like this valley was going to come from because I, you know, you you Mm. know, it's going to come. So it's arrived, but I'm... I kind of impressed with how I'm viewing it. Like yeah. it's a reminder that challenging times are when you learn those lessons and when you have yeah. that growth. It's like you don't that doesn't happen when everything's like honky dory. Yeah. So it's like a yeah, necessary part of life. <laughs> it's a necessary yeah. part of life. And just kind of leaving room for like, you know, miracles to happen and whatever your mm. faith is just like for that higher power to step in and like getting your faith strong and just being able to look outside myself, you know, balancing that faith with like that cautious, like, let me vet, let me make sure every step of the way is cool. And yeah, yeah. like having ownership over what you can control, but then come through, surrendering the rest. Amen, amen, amen. Oh, well, I hope, you know, you're able to work through that at some point. The the upside is that we know they don't, it doesn't last forever, the valleys. That's right. That's right. I feel you. They can be rough. <laughs> yeah. So eyes on the prize, because I'm claiming right now, like, getting married in the spring, and we're going to yes. be out of this. Yes. yes. I'm with okay, you, girl. What about you? I'm good. I'm good. I would say I had a pretty neutral year. I wouldn't call it either like a peak or a valley. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I think it was really uh, self-reflective, introspective, as you all know. Um, And I think there have been a few key things that I'm walking away from as we're wrapping up the year. Um, One is really just like how we speak over our lives Mm. impacts what we see, um, which I believe impacts our future as well. It's something, you know, I've heard said from a few speakers I admire. But, you know, to that end, I'm just giving a lot less airtime to complaining, to comparison, 
And that's not to negate that I feel things and I'm impacted by things people do to me or things that I even might do to myself. Mm -hmm. But I just think like choosing not to make that the center of my relationships or make like misery the focal point of my conversations with friends has been very intentional yeah. because very hard to do I, that's not York. what I want to manifest. Very hard to, huh? very hard to do in New York, I think. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. City of cynicism, but, just, but go ahead. Yeah, I feel like, you know, that's kind of for this next season, that's kind of not what I, I want to take with me. So mm-hmm. I'm trying to give it a little less life. Um you know, I took a, a little bit of a hiatus from um, social media. It's just been a few weeks at the time we're recording this episode, but planning to go strong till the new year. That's been really refreshing um, and like a necessary reset because uh, I do personally spend a ton of time yeah. <laughs> on Instagram in particular. <laughs> so I've been, as an introvert, I've been, and don't debate me, ah. I've been refocusing. <laughs> Oh, shut up. <laughs> Refocusing that energy on, um, you know, if I think about somebody, let me hit them up or sh- uh, shoot them a FaceTime or um, ask them to do coffee so we can actually catch up versus kind of passively engaging with my friends. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so that's been kind of fun. Reading more, just like doing, reconfiguring my morning routine, trying to be more intentional about my time. Yeah. So, so how are you yeah. feeling with this new, this new lo-fi it- life? It's been really great. It's been very good. I feel like I am starting to set myself up for new, like my New Year's resolutions mm-hmm. really great because I've just, I'm starting to basically act on all the areas I want to prioritize as resolutions. So, um, you know, I think a lot has shifted in me and I think I've changed a bit this year. And and even though my circumstances fluctuate, I feel really grounded. So I'm very grateful for that. That's wonderful. That's like the perfect yeah. way to go into a new year. Yeah, I think so. Awesome. Well, let's get into the show. Let's do it. All right, now it's time for Rants, Raves, and Reviews. This is the segment of the show where we highlight products, services, tools, or experiences that we're currently loving or hating in our professional lives. Um, Courtney, you're up. What are you doing today? I am raving. I think we've we've talked about this a few times on the show before, but it's really coming to life for me, and that's accountability partners. Mm. So I am trying to get in shape for the wedding, and it is just the bane of my existence. Like I just hate it so much. <laughs> <laughs> I just hate it. So, so like there are a few things that I hate more than working out and thinking about what I eat. I just yeah. I hate it. So I've been kind of stagnant. I feel like I've been engaged for since March and I've been thinking Mm -hmm. about this since March and I've been procrastinating about it since March. (laughs) (laughs) We're down to the wire now. I'm starting to like be a little bit better about it. And I think it's completely because people holding me accountable. So shout out to Erin for bringing her crazed workout lifestyle. She killed me almost (laughs) once. But I forgive her. It's necessary. Shout out to my fiance for like sending me threatening text messages that I asked him to send me to like right around like seven o'clock. Just like hit me up like, what are you doing, you lazy bum? Go somewhere. (laughs) Listen, whatever works for you. Whatever works. So yeah, I think we just like try. 
at least for me, I'm not a very disciplined person. I never use that as an adjective for myself or just so having a community of people to like support you and like share things with that you want to accomplish. It's just, it makes it so much easier. That's great. I love that. Shouts to you. Yeah. And all the little people like sharing their fitness journey on Instagram. Not so much you like rise and grind people who are just like very, (laughs) you know, aspirational, unattainable, but the people who are like, oh my God, I hate this, but I'm going. I see you. I'm your tribe. I really love this trend on stories of people tagging their friends in their morning workout too. Like you tag like five people and then they work out and they tag five more. I love it. Yeah, it's like friendly peer pressure. Yeah. Okay. I'm with it. I love it. Okay. Joy, what are you doing? In a very similar vein, um, you know, and I took a peek at yours before the show. Um, I really, I want to shout out people doing the self-work. Like, Mm. people really, really doing the self-work. Shout out to my accountability partner, Yunori and good friend. We have weekly conversations for hours on end about this. Um, And really, like, what comes out of those is that real self-care and self-love is painful. Mm. It's like, it's really about taking a mirror to yourself, looking at your flaws and weaknesses and recognizing your own role um, and the role that your choices have played in your own circumstances. And that's not to negate the life that you might have lived and the pain that you might have experienced. But like, I feel like it's really about what you can do and what you can own. And that's tough. That's like, it can be really, really rough. But I feel like What that does is make for, it sets you up for better relationships and work, better communication, better partnerships romantically. You know, it helps you to see habits and behaviors that aren't serving you in order to clear room for the things that can help you better align with your purpose. So just shout out to everyone that's doing that because it's it's hard and it's intentional mm-hmm. and it, it it doesn't happen by accident like people don't just like wake up and they're you know happy people that communicate well and you know are forgiving yeah. like that all takes work to kind of undo things that maybe have made you not like that yeah And I can always tell people who aren't doing the work because it's like, and I'm able to extend more grace to them now because I'm like, if you're snippy at work for no reason, like that's because you got some healing to do, sis. So I'm going (laughs) to forgive you for snapping at me (laughs) right now because I am evolved. But, you know, it helps you to be able to see when other people are maybe like still working through that stuff in their own journey. Yeah, I love that. I think the that reminds me of a quote I love. I don't forget who said it, but basically the idea that happiness is a choice and like mm. it's never just a natural state. Like mm. you have to choose to do it. So yeah, amazing. So shouts to y'all. <laughs> So we have a treat for you all this week. Uh, we have Samantha Josephette in the studio. Welcome, Hi, Samantha. Samantha. Hello, hello. So I wanted Samantha to come in because, one, I have never met a Black female architect. Me neither. And I wasn't surprised when you, <laughs> said, when you sent over your bio. Uh, so Samantha is the architect and the founder of Studio 397 Architecture, part of a mere 0.3% of Black female architects registered in the United States. Wow. There's a point before the 3%. She is the 397th living Black female architect to be licensed. That is 
wow. crazy to Wait, me. What? I know. That's like smaller than a high school graduating class sometimes. Yeah. Bonkers. So she has experience in corporate interiors, residential, retail, transportation, and recreational architecture. And by building herself a valuable network of resources, she continues to shape her path to a more minimal and sustainable future. Um, She's also the president-elect of New York's chapter of National Organization of Minority Architects. And this past March, some of her work was exhibited at the United Nations Visitor Center um, as part of an initiative to champion diversity. Yay. And she also currently has work on display at the New York City Center for Architecture as a finalist for the Times Square Valentine Heart Design Competition. Competition. So it's an architect sleigh. with a sleigh. <laughs> subtle We sleigh. love it. We love it. Not we love even it. subtle. <laughs> like, so impressive. That's insane. Yeah, it's crazy tra- hearing my, my bio. I'm like, oh. Right. Man. What does it feel like to be like a unicorn? <laughs> it's crazy because... Sometimes I don't feel like a unicorn because I'm actually surrounding myself around Mm. other unicorns. Mm. So it's like I'm kind of used to being a go-getter because everyone around me is a go-getter. And it's so weird when I hear people say, like, you're the first black architect I know or black female architect because I'm like, they're everywhere. There's so many of us. But it's because I'm so used to my network and we, you know, encourage each other so much and we, like, self-promote each other and stuff like that. And so... I get so used to being around them that I forget we're mm-hmm. still like yeah. a unicorn out of the entire, you know, yeah. population. Well, hopefully this conversation opens someone, you know, more exposure to someone yeah. else who's listening. Yes. Absolutely. Anyone interested in architecture, anyone in architecture right now, anyone questioning whether they should stay in architecture. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We're going to get into it. And I think one of the big things I've been wanting to talk about on the show too is to bring someone who has a lot of experience in design and design thinking Mm -hmm. because I think that process lends itself a lot to just no matter your field life in general personal professional um, just about how to have that focus that you need yeah I'm inclined to agree with that because I I did study more graphic and digital design in school and I just feel like especially like with space like there's something around organizing space organizing objects that does translate to me to organizing information organizing projects exactly kind of being process oriented exactly like I find myself designing any and everything like I could look at a sign on the street and be like they should have put the person and the dog on the left (laughs) side instead of the top right side or I could just be in a space like I was you know in here and I was looking for the windows and certain things it was just like oh I wonder what part of the building are we in right now interesting Uh, so before we dive into that design thinking conversation tell us a little bit about like what goes into being an architect because I feel like we think we know but we probably man where do I begin Let's just begin when you're in high school trying to decide if you want to be an architect or not. When you're looking to apply to schools, know that you have to apply to the architecture program. That was like my first mistake I made because I thought, oh, once I get to college, I could choose my major when I'm a sophomore because that's mm. what I was always told. And I got to college and I was telling everybody, yeah, I'm an architect major. And then the counselor was like, no, you're not. Nope. And oh, so, yeah, it's, it was crazy. <laughs> and I was just like, what do you mean? And she's just like, there's an architecture program. I'm like, 
oh, okay, I just thought I had to just buy the books. I had to apply to the architecture program. And because it's such a rigorous program, it's a five-year program that only starts in the fall semester. So mm. I had to apply to the program, submit a portfolio, get accepted, and then start the following fall. Mm. But even just that process was like a life lesson in itself mm-hmm. because at first I got a rejection letter and I was just like, dang, I didn't get into the architecture program. And so I, I went to the School of Engineering and they were telling me about all the different engineering majors and I was just like it's just not clicking and so then I went to someone in the architecture program that I knew and I was like I didn't get into the architecture program and he was just like what are you talking about yeah you did and I was like no I didn't I got the rejection letter and he happened to call the um I think it was the dean of the architecture program at the time and as he's on the phone with him he was like yeah she's in the program and I was just standing there like what in the world? Yeah. Like, and so I started freaking. Out. I was like, "Shut up!" Shut <laughs> up. And so it was just crazy because because I was so persistent and I was kind of determined to figure something out, whether yeah. I was going to get into the architecture program or not. Me being able to follow up actually got yeah. me yeah. like the result that I actually right. wanted. So That's a word. <laughs> that was my first lesson on persistence and following mm-hmm. through. Yeah. And what kind of kept you through that? Because I'd love to hear a little bit about the rigor of that program and maybe even, you know, I'm not familiar at all after the program, certifications, yeah. anything that you had to kind of get to get that architect. So while I was in the five-year program, it was pretty tough because when I entered school and at the time I was coming from Georgia, going to a school up north. And so like that was a culture shock. And then Mm. like everyone in my program, that was a culture shock. Like I just felt like I was completely different. And so like between like, you know, communicating with my colleagues or trying to communicate with the professors, like everything was a learning lesson. And Mm. then I had to learn architecture on top of that. And I had to teach my grandmother how to pronounce architecture it was like like lesson after lesson and so that was a five-year program and the way I focused was I put on my headphones and I put my music on blast like Mm -hmm. like I was just like so focused when I was like you know working on my projects and I know sometimes I annoyed people because they could hear my reggae from outside of my (laughs) headphones but um I did build a friendship with my classmates because we saw each other for so Mm -hmm. long like every day we saw each other for five days straight you know one of our classes were like four hour long classes and then even after the class we had to still stay in studio and like do work and so you kind of want to have a relationship with your classmates um sometimes it's hard again because it's a a culture clash but eventually you get through that but another thing that I did was I got involved with other student organizations outside Mm. of the architecture program because you know in my class it was only two black people it was me and one other girl and so I felt like I needed a sense of home and community that looked like me, that that understood my background so that I didn't always feel like an outcast. And so I joined student organizations Mm. to um, get to know other classmates. One thing that did work for me, because I was a change of major student and I had that first year of not being in the architecture Mm -hmm. program, I made friends. And so a lot of times my classmates, all they knew were, you know, our our class. And so I was... I guess, fortunate enough to build friendships before I even got into the right. architecture program. So they would, you know, pull me out every so often. Yeah. So uh, it was really interesting when you told me before how, like, after you do this five-year program, then you're doing, oh, it's not done. Like, which no. <laughs> you're still not, like, an That's architect. That's just the first hurdle. You're like, oh, I made it through <laughs> the five-year program. Okay, now I got to find a job. 
along with trying to find a job, you have to think about, okay, if I'm going to go through with architecture, do I want to become a licensed architect? Because being a licensed architect, you could either go out, go out on your own or you can, you know, move up the corporate ladder eventually. In order to sit for your license, you either have to A, graduate from an accredited five-year program or graduate from an accredited master's program or get grandfathered in by like working under other architects for a certain amount of years. Mm-hmm. And so once you you checked one of those boxes, you also have to gain a uh, professional experience in order to sit for your exams. And so usually that's like a two to three year process. But thankfully in New York State, they allow you to gain those credits while taking your exams. And so I took advantage of that because my student loans was out the roof. And so I was just like, I can't afford grad school. I need to get this experience. And so what I did was I went out and I started working in the um, professional world. And I just right away started studying for my exams. Mm -hmm. The first exam I took was actually not for my architecture license. It was just a sustainability certification. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to take that test to be like somewhat of a um, tester on like test taking and stuff mm. like that. I got to know the Prometric Center and I will never go to that place ever uh. again. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds um, intense. <laughs> yeah, it's, they have a couple offices in New York City where people take like their bar, I think they, I don't know if they take their bar exams, but I know they take like their CPA exams there and like mm. all these mm. other random exams. And so, yeah, basically you have to gain professional experience and get licensed. And it's not just one test. It's yeah. seven different. Well, when I was taking it, it was seven different tests. I think it's six tests now. And so, yeah. So as you say all this, like, it just strikes me that, like, you have to be so focused and committed to one thing for so long. And I feel like going to college is like people are like dipping in and out of majors. They're like finding themselves. How do you like, did you ever have a temptation to like want to try something else or you're just like oh I'm in it so I'm not gonna finish like what's the I think I was so caught up with all the work that I had to do Uh that I didn't even have time to like (laughs) yeah it was just like if I think about trying to change my major I'm gonna fail this class because this deadline is in two days and like every week we had um a big project doing like Mm -hmm. the requirements in these projects I used to be like yo these professors are like rude as hell like they're insane like this is not possible (laughs) and I mean sometimes you would check things off the list everything off the list and sometimes you wouldn't but like what they would want you to produce in a week, you'd just be like, what planet are you living on? Mm, yeah. And so I guess, yeah, it was, it was funny because I was thinking the exact same thing as you were speaking because I feel like we haven't really had a lot of folks on this show who do have to be that prescriptive in their paths, whether yeah. that's medical or architecture yeah. um, or even law. And I just like, you know, I, I admire it. So number one, kudos to you. Oh, man. I admire it now, but before I was just like... I done screwed myself over. (laughs) I'm stuck. You made it. You're here. But I mean, you know, I'd love to know, like, in balance with that, like, technical, like, focus and getting through the work, what kind of, what inspired you and drew you to the profession overall? And, um, you know, even when you look at culture, like, what inspires you? What are the influences and the influence of architecture that, um, you know, is inspiring you and motivating you to kind of make your contribution to the field? It's funny because when people ask me this, I usually hear other architects say all these fancy elaborate explanations. And my explanation is very simple. My mom, um, we moved to Georgia and we were living in apartments 
for a couple of years. And then um, we were able to, well, she was able to purchase a house. And so we were going house hunting. Mm. And out of me and my other sisters, I was always the one going house hunting with my mom. And so every time we stepped into a house, I was just like, why would someone do this? Why would someone, <laughs> like, that doesn't make sense. And I... I was just like, oh, I gotta, I gotta, you know, design spaces or whatever because mm. I, I know how to figure this mm-hmm. out or whatever. And then, like, while I was in school, I realized I actually been designing all my life, but mm. I didn't realize I was designing again. Like, I'd be in the car, you know, dropping my grandmother off to work with my grandfather, and I'm like looking at everything outside of the car window, just like reimagining it in a different yeah. way or mm-hmm. whatever. And so I, it was like I said, not until like halfway through school I realized like oh I've been designing for the longest and so the reason why I say like oh this is a simple answer and it's not elaborate because you know architecture is such an elite profession that like most people that know about architecture are already exposed to it and Mm. so like they'll say like oh I knew this architect growing up or you know I've heard about you know this famous architect and it's just like no I didn't know any of that like I barely even knew how to pronounce architecture it was just a simple like I figured like why can't I redesign something and I don't even know like I I didn't even say the word architecture. I remember going to a professor saying, I want to design buildings. I didn't Mm -hmm. even know it was called architecture. She had mentioned to me, um, well, take this 3D drafting class. And so I took that one 3D drafting class in high school. And she also told me, when you start the architecture program, try to join a sorority because it's a predominantly white male profession. I didn't even have time to join a sorority. So I was, (laughs) when I say like, I was like, like, barely making it through the mm. program but I was making it all I I just needed to make it yeah when graduation came like my whole entire family came up yeah. like it was so funny because like you know everyone's graduating and it's like everyone with two or three people in their family I had like 20 people come to my graduation because they Celebrate all knew. the victory Celebrating. <laughs> nice. hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. self-described minimalist and you came yes. in here you have like very chic very simple <laughs> i live for your style oh thanks so what is the benefit that's like a less is more approach to yes. life so what is the benefit i guess of doing less in a world that encourages us to do the most like everyone's expected to do all the things but you've like, I mean, even like, yes, that's your style, but also like in your life, you've like focused on being yeah. good at this thing. Um, because I always wanted to be efficient because it cost more not to be efficient. And Amen. I didn't have, <laughs> I didn't have the money to like do all this and that. And I, again, it's, it's so weird. Cause like when I like look at how I am now and look back to like, have I always been like this I realized like I've been practicing minimalism Mm -hmm. since the longest or whatever like from when we were in college like everyone was always running to Starbucks and I was like I'll drink water out the water fountain because it's cheaper (laughs) (laughs) or whatever and um I would say like 
growing up, everyone always was like, oh, I want a mansion. I want this and that. And I was like, look, I need a simple, mm-hmm. you know, small unit of a uh, condo. I would say condo because I did want to own. I was like, because I won't have to have as much yeah. cleaning products. Okay. I won't have to spend so much time on cleaning. So it, I'm always like connecting an activity or, you know, a purchase to like just downsizing on the amount of work that I have yeah. to do. Like, again, being efficient. And so... um I apply that to everything professionally and, you know, how I how I go about my personal life. But um, being able to focus allowed me to uh, be minimalist in my yeah. like and how I socialize with people. Like I was mm. just like, OK, like I got my circle of friends and I could only see them like yeah. I can't see anybody else. Like Real. no new friends was like for four <laughs> years. Like I was just like, I'll catch you in five years because I really like can't. Yeah. yeah. So how do you like apply that? What whether it's like in when you're designing a building or kind of designing your career, how do you choose like what stays, what goes? Oh, that takes time. Like whether it's like interior design and you're looking at materials, like sometimes I'll have like a lot of materials in front of me and then like I'll walk away and come back just to say, okay, like what can I lose? Or I like, mm-hmm. you know, I take things up. I take things out of the mix slowly, but I try to throw in like all of my ideas. And then I say like, you know, I try to uh, have hierarchy to them and say what's mm. more important than the next. Um, so that's how I approach it with design, but also with architecture, just with like building systems in particular. And a lot of architects are taking this route, but like trying to build more passively where it's like, okay, we're in New York, the sun rises in the East, your windows, like if, like all the activities you would do in the evening, you would want on the west side because that's mm. where the sun is setting. Okay. And all your activities you would do in the morning, you would want on the east side because that's where the sun is um, rising. And so you le- use less artificial lighting because you could use, you know, the sun. Also, like just the type of glazing you use or the type of windows you have in a building, like it allows you to it allows for light to transmit into mm-hmm. the space, but not the heat. And so yeah. it keeps the air cool. And like yeah. if you're in the Caribbean or the desert, like you kind of place these openings in the wall in a particular way to allow breeze to come in. Mm, so you don't need like yeah. an AC unit or a heater and stuff like okay. that. It's all about solving problems. Like, yeah, yeah strategically. But what but- I do like about like being sustainable with architecture, you could teach it to people who aren't architects. Mm, yeah. And like, I feel like everyone could be an architect. Yeah. Yes, um, you have to have all these certifications in like the states or, you know, a few other countries, but you can still architect your life, architect the space you live in and work with the architect. Yeah. You need an architect to say like, okay, this is how I move around my space. I know I need these particular materials. It's just like, it's weird. Like architecture sounds complicated when you're looking at a set of drawings, but if you just take a step back and I have to tell myself this all the time too, but like just actually try to make sense out of it yeah. like, and not get too technical. You're like, oh, I get it. We're using concrete to store the heat because the the place is too hot. Yeah. Or whatever, so. yeah. Okay, Joy. So, so I'm hearing prioritizing. Yes. And then I'm also hearing working with the things that you can't change mm. rather yes. than trying to force something. Yeah. I mean, for a while, architects have been trying to design buildings to like 
keep out the natural world. Mm-hmm. But mm. it's more sustainable to just work with the natural elements. It's less building systems, which means less money. So you've also stepped out and started your own architecture firm yes, as well. I did. I'd love to hear a little bit about kind of what inspired that. And I think also just what your hopes are for the future of the industry. I mean, being the 397th <laughs> Black woman, you know, yes. architect, period. But then, you know, as a Black woman to step into that role, um, you know, what you're hopeful for and what you're excited about. I love hearing you speak about access. And I love to hear you just be encouraging and say, like, it's something that people can have a role in and, and have yes. a part in, even if they're not necessarily, like, certified. So what, what you know, what excites you and what do you want to kind of see in the future? So... I felt stifled, which is why I decided to go out on my own. I just felt like I couldn't do all that I know I am as a person. And I've always been a go-getter. I've always been in a position where I've been trying to like delegate to allow other people to become who they want to be. And I felt like while I was in corporate, like, I was always at the bottom. And I understand mm. like, you know, I was at the beginning of my career, but it just felt like I wasn't going to move at the pace that I needed to for myself or for my community. Mm -hmm. And so I took the leap of faith to say, you know what, in order to pay off these student loans a little bit faster, in order to be this project manager in my life, like, and have control, I'm going to try something completely different to try Mm -hmm. and get a different result. Because Mm -hmm. I felt like going from job to job, I was running into the same issue. And I was just like, if I go to the next job, I'm going to probably get the same result. So let's just try something completely different. And at the time, I had my credentials, so no one could stop me. And so I don't see myself ever going back. And I also want to, you know, be that light of inspiration, whether someone's staying in corporate or they're going out on their own to just be able to say, I'm going to take control. Yeah. And that's so heartening to hear, though, because first of all, you put in like five years and some change and then you get out (laughs) and you're like, oh, (laughs) (laughs) but to say like, okay, let's let's flip the script. How can we adjust this? Because I feel like we all have these dream jobs and sometimes you get the dream and it's like, it's not. Man, I remember one job I was jumping on the bed because I was so happy I got it. And then I was bawling to get out. Like, Mm. it was... So I learned my lesson there. Don't get too too excited. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I also... I want to hear kind of your take on the influence of architecture, design, um, in mainstream culture, too. Like, I think about, you know, Solange's tour with um, The Seat at the Table back in 2017. Was it 2018, too? And just kind of... You see those influences on her style, but also, like, the set design. Yes. You know, Virgil right now. I'm always looking at, like... You know, whether I'm looking at a musician or a movie, like at the end of the credits, I'm always like, who's the set designer? Mm. Because I remember one time when I was in college, I would say, oh, I want to be in Hollywood, but I'm an architecture major. So how am I going to work this out? And so I would always say like, oh, I'll do set design. But set design is so particular. It's its own industry. And so a lot of times, you know, architects don't really cross those paths. But I was actually just talking with someone Uh, last week about how architects can play a role in set design. For example, like the set design for Black Panther, um, one of the set designers, she's now uh, the production lead or 
mm-hmm. the producer. I'm sorry, I don't yeah. really know the, the the title or whatever. But you know, she going out to Africa to all these different countries and just looking at the culture and looking at the architecture and having to like, you know, put that in you know to a movie scene. Mm-hmm. And so um, it's interesting when I see architecture in music and in in film because and fashion too. I feel like yes, it's really fashion. prevalent in fashion. So I actually just helped out with a company called Studio One Eight Nine that um, does that has their garments are made in Ghana. Mm. And so like I just wanted to connect with them. And so what I did was I reached out to them for Fashion Week and I helped them with uh, producing the show for Fashion Week. You know, I wasn't looking for like anything in particular. I was just like, I want to expose myself to this industry to see how I can make that connection. And that's another thing that I'm able to do now that I've created that freedom of time for myself to say like, oh, I could put some of my work on hold for a couple of days to help out this company to then, you know, learn something outside of my industry. Yeah. So it sounds like you're ready to kind of like expand that focus to kind of yes. include other things. Yes, I focus so much that now I can like expand and <laughs> Yes. True. Is there anything that guides you as you kind of how do you expand without losing that quality of attention? So still having still having some sense of focus in the sense of not saying yes to everything because mm-hmm. us as black women, we love to get excited about a lot mm-hmm. of stuff and always trying to help someone out. And so I still have to tell myself sometimes, like, you can't do this. And sometimes I say yes, and then I have to go back to people and say, mm-hmm. I am so sorry, but, like, the way my time is set up right now, I can't actually commit to this. And so I try to do that ahead of time before, like, I get into deep with yeah. people. But being able to still expose myself to many different things, I I ask myself these questions like how is it helping me as a how is it helping Studio 397 as a firm like can we potentially see this you know become something else where Studio 397 can you know expand their Mm. design capabilities or how is this exposing our community to architecture more Mm. will this initiative allow other people to you know step into these roles one goal of Studio 397 is to employ interns and employ like architects that look like me that allows us to feel like you know we're in a space that we're not the minority but we're you know Mm -hmm. the majority or we're just as good yeah wonderful yeah awesome all right so you've shared this amazing career journey with us and we're so appreciative of that is there anything you want to impart for someone who's like staring down a similar long path, whether it's architecture or something else, like any advice for staying the course? I definitely say remind yourself of why you initially got on this path um, to stay persistent, to remain persistent and resilient, because sometimes when you're in the thick of things, you don't really see the light at the end of the tunnel and you know I graduated from high school in 2006 and I could literally tell you it wasn't until 2017 I was like okay this is finally working itself out (laughs) and so it was a long haul again thankfully like I was too busy to like stop myself but at the same time now I have so much freedom and I I wouldn't change my journey for anything I also try to tell people to respect the journey because mm. we're always looking for that end result and we then don't, you know, respect our different 
Stages. Stages while you're, you know, on that path. And, you know, at one point in time, like, I felt like I was becoming this miserable, bitter person. Mm. And, like, it was reflected on how I communicated with my friends, how I communicated with my family. And because I was so focused on a result, I couldn't, you know, appreciate these certain situations along my path. And, you know... Now I'm. I used to look at people that looked happy, and I would be like, "Oh, I wonder what that feels like." Because I was just like always nice. so stressed. Or, yeah, I used to sit on the train yeah. sometimes. Like, must be nice to be able to just sit and smile. I'm always like me mugging someone, concentrating, and so I'd encourage people to respect that path mm, and yeah. um, respect the journey. Love it. Beautiful. Well, Samantha, this has been incredible. Thank you for imparting your wisdom and inspiring us to, I think, all live a slightly more designed and simple life. Um, Where can our listeners kind of connect with you um, and continue to see all the great work that you're doing? So you can visit my website at www.studio397architecture.com. I'm also on Instagram at at studio397. Wonderful. Awesome. Thanks for stopping by. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Well, thank you so much for tuning in. And a special, special thank you to our guest, Samantha Josephette. Yes, thank you, Samantha. Many thanks, of course, to you all, our listeners, for hanging in there with us for three Three whole years. That's incredible. It's amazing. The final episode of Job Logs will be hitting your feeds very soon. So stay tuned. Yeah, and definitely talk to us, connect with us around the web at joblogs and joblogs.com. I'm Hamas Parker. And I'm Cleave Out Loud. We'll see you guys next time. See ya. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.